This is the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast interview with Alyssa Stone. Yes, as much as I have these big dreams, I'm absolutely trying to appreciate the right now. Um, because I think, you know, if you told me six years ago when I started my business, right, almost six years ago, that this would be where I am right now, I would have been like, no way. Um, so I'm trying to say, yes, yes, this is great. And, and maybe in the future, there'll be more awesome things too. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Music Therapy Chronicles. Thank you so much for being here today and taking the time to listen to this episode. This conversation with Alyssa is a really great one. Um, If you haven't heard of or seen Alyssa before, she is a ball of energy and light and yeah, this conversation was just really good. She was really engaging and has so much knowledge and information to share. And today we focused on uh, her yoga practice and how she has tied that into her music therapy business. And then we talk about some business stuff like buying and selling other music therapy businesses, which, as I say in this conversation, is something I've experienced um, as a subcontractor and something that clearly is happening in our music therapy world, but I'm not sure that we talk about it a ton. So if you're someone who's like, I have no idea what that even, like, what do you mean that's happening? Um, here's, this might be an interesting episode for you. And if you're someone who's also lived through it or is planning to go through this type of transition, hopefully you find this conversation insightful. So if you are enjoying the show, please let us know by leaving us a rating and review. That is a great way to support the show. And please click the subscribe button on your podcast player so you don't miss any future episodes. You can also find us online and on social media at Music Therapy Chronicles and join our newsletter so that you get sneak peeks of the show, um, some behind the scenes content, discount codes and other you know goodies are sent to your inbox. So please check out all that stuff. Links to everything are always in the show notes. And I so appreciate your support. Um, As a listener, you make continuing to do this show possible. And um, one of the best ways to support the show is to check out our pod courses over at mtpodcastcollective.com. You can earn CMTE credits for listening to the podcast and um, you can support a lot of other shows over there as well that have created pod courses on that platform. So links to that are also in the show notes. All right, let's get into this episode with Melissa. Alyssa, welcome to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Uh, The listeners didn't hear me already say this, but you've been one of those people that have been on my list for a while and you were doing, as always, I'm learning, you were doing so much and you were on so many other podcasts and I was like, okay, I don't want to podcast her out. Um, And so I waited, but it doesn't sound like my timing is is any better for you. It's, I think, you know, that's just my life. I just live in the chaos and that's totally fine. I love it. I love it. So don't, I wouldn't say yes if I couldn't do it. So here I am saying yes, rocking it out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's an important boundary to have that uh, yeah. we all need that reminder. But my, my studio professor in college used to say, I thrive in the chaos. Yeah. Yes. Like, that's when I am the most <laughs> calm. 
I agree. I agree. I struggle. My my toxic trait, I feel like that's been going around Instagram of like, what's your toxic mm. trait? My toxic trait is I stink at stillness. So mm. that's something I'm trying to work on. Clearly not succeeding. <laughs> so because of your yoga background, which I'm excited to dig into. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of what got me on a yoga meditation journey was mm-hmm. that I needed to find a, a place because I'm so type A, like a structured place for stillness. Um, and I think too, with the clients that I serve who are neurodivergent, just saying like, be still, that doesn't really work for them. Just like it doesn't work for me. I can't just sit and meditate, but there can be active aspects to meditation and music plays such a strong role in that, that we can facilitate that active stillness through the music to give that rhythmic stimuli and that auditory stimuli, but still a moment of space and peace. Um, I forget to do it for myself. I'll be honest when you're like, that's surprising because you yoga. I'm like, yeah, I do the yoga for the others. Yeah, I get that. I've I've been really bad about it for myself. I get that. But I feel like that also is, um, as music therapists, we often talk about like music in our own self-care and like, yeah, continuing to use music for ourselves, which I personally struggle with. So, you know, it makes sense that you do the same thing with yoga, like you're called to it and it's an important part of your work, but, um, not so integral for yourself right now. And that's okay. Yep. I found music for myself again very recently, Yay. which is great. Yeah. I joined an acapella group. So yes. I have seen that. You yes. like I'm finishing up my assignment, just did like 20 sessions and tonight I have acapella. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yep, that's busy. Yes, that's like, me. <laughs> in a good way, not like like yes. uh dog paddling busy. Like Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I definitely thrive on structured, structured chaos. Um, but I think, yeah, making music with others, that community was so helpful. And maybe that's where the yoga fell off too, is that in COVID Mm -hmm. I'm such a community connector that if I just have to leave it up to my own self, mm, it may not happen. Yeah. Look at this turning into just a therapy session for me. How great. (laughs) No, the, Hey, I love that. Um, one of the things I always say to the guests, and maybe I said this in an email to you or not, but I always say, this is your episode. So like, you know, Here it goes. Hello, everyone. Glad you can. Welcome to my wonderful wacky world. Right. So let's let's take like four steps back. Uh, Just for anyone who's like is never heard of you before, lives under a rock, not a stone. (laughs) (laughs) Pun intended. Um, Like, how did you get into music therapy? Tell us. Sure. Great. Yeah. Well, hello. Yeah. If you don't know me, Alyssa Stone. It's really nice to meet you. I, I kind of pop up all over the world, I guess, in the music therapy land, which is so fun that people are like, hey, I know you. Um, I love the internet for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did I get into music therapy? I just put my origin story actually on Instagram a couple weeks back um, for Illinois Music Therapy Week. So I'm dating the episode a little bit, but that's okay. Um, it's a wacky journey, but not really. So I started dancing when I was three. I started acting and taking acting classes at like age five. And then at age eight, I sang in a school talent show and they were like, hey, she should be doing singing. You need to figure something out, mom and dad. So my mom got me into theater and doing all that. And then music became my whole world, musical theater and dance and acting, just loved it. Loved every second of it. Really wanted to like be on Broadway and do that. I was in a competitive acapella group. um, So I've been doing acapella for more of my life than not now, because we're at that yeah. age where that's a thing, which is crazy. <laughs> um, so in high school, one day, and it was funny, I was telling my friend the story. She's like, this is your moment. Like that's, everyone has like this moment that changes the trajectory trajectory of their life that mm-hmm. if that moment didn't happen, I don't know that I would be exactly where I am right now. And it's a silly moment. I had a new friend I had just made in high school. I was like the new kid in school. I had changed schools my freshman year. And I was like, oh, this is a friend. Like, I need to hang out with them. And she was going to volunteer at Special Olympics. And I was like, oh, I'll go with you because I just wanted to be her friend. Well, I volunteered at Special Olympics. That was her only day volunteering. I don't think she ever did it again. I did it for the next four years because I fell in love with it. Um, And then I started looking for programs to do like music for kids with um, different needs, developmental differences. 
And we found this music program for kids with autism. And one day my mom came to like pick me up because I still couldn't drive yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm from New Jersey and in New Jersey, you can't drive till you're 17. So, you know, they're still carting me back and forth everywhere. And she stood at the door when I was making music with the kids in the group. And she was like, whatever this is, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And she Googled and found music therapy and she found the University of Miami's music therapy program. I don't know how she found it. And we had just luckily vouchers from Southwest Airlines. She booked a flight the next day (laughs) to go to the University of Miami and tour the campus. And that's where I ended up going to college. And that the rest is history. So very serendipitous moments that I think really led me to where I am today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so cool. It's interesting that um, music therapy is where you ended up in not drama or dance yeah. therapy. Yeah. I think, well, so it, yes. <laughs> um, I think acting is probably my weakest of all of them. And we like mm-hmm. kind of knew that. So then it came down in high school to like dancing and singing. Cause I had danced for so long and essentially they both were saying like, you have to pick one. Cause I was in all these competitive things. Cause I'm also very, a uh, competitive type A person. So the dance studio was like, well, if you're not going to be here for this, you can't dance in the recital. And I was like, well, I'm going to go tour with my acapella group. And it just kind of was decided for me of like dance yeah. was cut out. So um, that's something I recently brought back into my life too, though. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to bring back the joy. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, you know, how many times have we said this phrase, especially <laughs> over the past year and a half? Especially. Yes. Right? Yes, like, exactly. Everything is especially important. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But so true and, yeah. and awesome that uh, you've brought all those things back in and and you're going back to school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. And yes, yeah. So I'm in the uh, grad program at CSU, Colorado State University. Fantastic program. Um, Dr. Blythe Lagasse has been an idol of mine. Um, I'm sure if she listens to this, she's going to be like, oh my gosh, it's it's not that serious. She's such a an intelligent, remarkable woman who's also incredibly humble. Um, So I went back and I said, now's the time because I was very bored in COVID uh, because there wasn't anything to do. I'm very on board (laughs) now. Um, I don't regret any choices I've made. I'm, I'm very happy there, uh, but it definitely, uh, I think I made the decision pretty quickly uh, and didn't really think it through, but I absolutely love it. The coursework is incredible. And I think, um, I mean, I'll just close my age. Going back to school in your 30s is really nice because you have a clearer picture of what you want. And I also think you have a clearer picture of the world. I'm in a diversity social justice course right now. And I think if I had taken that as a 20-year-old privileged, cisgendered, heterosexual, able-bodied white woman who checks so many privilege boxes, I would not have been able to see outside my purview the way I can now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just a really nice journey to be on of I'm learning to look at things in a whole new way and a whole new appreciation for the power that we have as therapists, the power that we have as human beings and connection. Um, so I have that side of things and then the neuroscience side of things. So it's this great dichotomy conglomeration of of wonderful instruction and just wonderful coursework and teachers so it's hard but oh I really love it yeah Yeah. I feel like that's the general consensus it's hard but we love it yeah and what a great argument against master's level entry which I know like I'm not trying to stir the pot here that's just like one thing that I've heard a lot of people say is like if I went back for my master's you know, five years before I did in reality, like things would be so different and not necessarily in a good way. Uh, So I feel like that's an important, important thing to keep in mind. Um, And you also have the knowledge of working with people. Like I've worked with clients for seven years. So when they say X, Y, Z, right. Or I took a cognitive neuroscience class and we're talking about diffuse tensor imaging and brain mapping. Well, we can map differently wired brains. I work with neurodivergent individuals every day. This directly apply like my interest level, my motivation, my desire, my drive, my ability to apply it in session. It's just so different. We were just talking about this. I just had a, I was telling Trisha an interview for an intern beforehand and we had the exact same conversation of it's nice sometimes to wait for that master's degree 
It's unfortunate. I think I see both sides of that coin. Yeah. That I think master's level entry not being that prohibits us from some financial and insurance things that could really be a game changer for music therapists. Mm -hmm. But then also what's the quality of therapist we're putting out is the flip side of that. Um, And I think what's frustrating for me is we see that flip side with all the other therapies and they're billable through insurance. And I'm like, well, you're 25 and you know, you're probably wonderful and I don't want to be ageist because you can be 25 and amazing, but just the level of experience and knowledge that's coming to the table and you can bill and I can't with a decade of, of things behind my belt. It is really frustrating. Um, but no judgment to the 25 year olds out there billing. Good for you. We're just jealous. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm just mad about it. (laughs) Hey, what like, uh, uh, a humble privileged point of view be able to say hey like i'm mad about it but it's because i'm jealous yeah it's just because i'm i'm just i just wish i could be you one day we will be i really believe that but we can fight for that in our own way and um i know something we were talking about in illinois is um or i guess another thing to stir the pot uh aba the structure of how aba works i'm not going to make any comments on aba on this podcast that is not what i'm here for right now but the structure they have is a bcba who oversees the rbts if we had something like that in music therapy where you have a master's level clinician but you can still work with the undergraduate under it Mm. that way you don't have to get the master's but you can still work in the field and be paid and do the work i think something similar to that kind of structure might be great so that we could bill through insurance, but then you get the best of both worlds and give more diversity, equity, inclusion, and who can join our field mm-hmm. and give time for people to wait to go back to school. You know, we'll see. <laughs> I have a super old episode that we talked about that. I think the two people were from Indiana. Okay. Um, and, and that, from what I'm remembering, that was kind of the structure they talked about where, again, you said there was a, a BCBA who was kind of overseeing things right. and that provided, um, you know, some some right. privileges. There comes that word again. But it, like, like you're saying, you, yes. had, right. you had both sides of the coin right. there. So. I mean, it's just like LCPCs have LPCs, LCSWs have LSWs, OTs have OTAs, occupational therapy assistants. Like there's things we can, that could be an option. Mm. Um, but I know there's arguments on every side, and that's what's so hard is that both perspectives are are right. Mm. It's just finding where's the middle ground and how do we advance forward. Yeah, that's life, right? But I yeah. feel like also that's one of the good things about the general population of music therapists is we're willing to look at these options and have conversations. And I remember when master's level entry specifically originally came up. Um, I was at conference and and it was kind of like an update on that kind of a thing. And someone got up and was like, well, you know, my OT who happened to be a very prevalent OT and whatever their body is was saying, I can't believe you guys are being so thorough as a profession. That's awesome that you're really yeah. taking the time to dig into this and not just make a decision. Um, yeah. Kudos to us for doing that. Obviously, it creates lots of conversations like this yep. where you kind of talk in a circle, but that's okay. Yep. Yep. I think we see that happening a lot in uh, AMTA right now. We have a lot of these big, important conversations that are happening and everyone's going, but where's the action? And I think that's the hard thing. I have a song about it. Um, that's the types of problems. It's This is a big we problem. And because we're a collective caring we, it's the hardest problem to solve because a we problem doesn't always have a solution that feels good for the we. Mm. Um, it's three types of problems, me, you, we. So like me problems I can control, you problems someone else can control for themselves, but we problems need a compromise and they need collaboration and teamwork. And that's hard the more people that are involved. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bop. (laughs) You can find it on Amazon Music and Spotify for free. Mm -hmm. I'm going to link it. Yes. Three types of problems. (laughs) You can also get it in our shop (laughs) if I'll plug that. (laughs) Yeah, if you want the full intervention, it's in our coping tools workbook, which we made in the COVID times because we're like, we need, we need a product for people and it sold like crazy, which was great. And it's got, it's an interactive 30 page workbook. So it kind of goes through all these different things of sphere of control, types of problems, uh, self, 
regulation and mantras and building self-esteem and giving you more tools for self-regulation and coping and self-management, self-monitoring. Um, it's just really cool. So I got to sneak it in where I can. <laughs> of course. Hey, that's yeah. part of it. Everything you say will be linked. There you go. Uh, so, linked. <laughs> so let's let's tie this back. So uh, you, yeah. mentioned, you mentioned mantras, which I was like, ding, 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 ding. Ding, back mantras. To yoga. Yes. Tell us, like how that journey came to be, how it kind of intertwines. Yeah. I found my own personal yoga practice and I said, you know, this is great. And kids need access to this, especially kids with disabilities and neurodiverse brains who maybe can't access it in the traditional sense Mm -hmm. and need more of that active movement side of yoga and meditations and mantras that are accessible to them. So I got my yoga certification I want 2016. Yeah, it's been a while. Right before I opened Dynamic Links, we opened March 2016. I think I finished my yoga certification that summer 2016. So it's been a while. Um, and then Ava, one of my team members, she's also certified in the same program that I did. It's called the Alana Kaivalya Yoga Method. It's an online yoga teacher training. It's not uh, Yoga Alliance certified, if that matters to anybody. It's a database. You know, it's you can have quality yoga teachers that are from there. You can have quality yoga teachers that are not from there. And I, I don't think it matters much, but anyway, um, what I loved about that training is it really focused on where these poses come from, how they work in our body. And she had a really deep emphasis on the chakras and the cool thing about the chakras and music. Now I'm a neuroscience nerd. So as much as I love yoga too, I always like to kind of tie it back to like functionally, what might this be doing? So the chakras are the you know color code system you all might see in yoga going up the body from red up to hot pink. So red being our root chakra, our base, up to pink being the seven petal lotus that reaches us up to our higher being, whatever that might mean for you. And I think it's great that that can mean something different for everybody. But the cool thing is a pitch is tied to each of those. And that resonation of the pitch is supposed to resonate like atomically with our body. And there is evidence and science behind this. Um, And my work so much with individuals with autism or autistic individuals is sensory regulation and integration. We do a lot of like rhythmic auditory regulation through steady beats, using tone bars, using pitches. And I was finding that they were so deeply connecting with what we were doing in yoga and different chants we were doing on pitches to help their body. Um, so that just kept getting pulled in mantra chants on those pitches and things that are self-esteem building, things that are concrete and things that are active because most of my kids have autism, have ADHD, have sensory processing things. They are not going to hang in Shavasana for 10 minutes. That's just, that's just not going to happen for an eight year old, pretty much period, right? Neurotypical or neurodivergent. So finding ways to make it fun, accessible, and engaging for them and still regulating and effective. And I think that's where music therapy and yoga align so well, because we know how to use the structural elements of music to sustain that attention, sustain engagement, and do things like we use egg shakers with our yoga poses. We put drums in different places and we have to keep that tempo with the music we have. And even just playlist selection. When I was getting my certification, they were like, wow, these playlists are awesome. I'm like, yeah, ISO principle, baby. Like, (laughs) come on. Um, So I think we have a really great way to like tie that into sessions to even just putting a a meditation that you're saying guided imagery and music. There's there's ways that we pull this in that we really are synchronous with each other across Mm -hmm. yoga and music therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I have like a, a super, super finite question. Yeah, sure. A lot of on my mind. I, I hope I can answer it. <laughs> that a lot of my, uh, a lot of the people I work with who are neurodivergent love a minor second interval. Oh. Like mm. uh, on any instrument. And and I'm, I'm usually like, okay, so this is probably a sensory seeking thing because yeah. most of us would be like. The dissonance. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah. Most of the people I work with love, love that minor second. So I'm wondering if there is like, if some interval of chakra combinations is a minor second. Yeah. I wonder too, if it's just like, it's firing those things that are so active Mm. in the brain or yeah, it's causing this tension, but almost the tension is like proprioception of when I feel that tension, I feel it in my body. Yeah. Um, 
I don't have the science to back me up, but that would be because I'm thinking on it now and I can think of three clients as soon as you said that, that same, same. Always, always or, ticket, or the like the whoa, 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 the circular yeah, type feel of mm-hmm. the sound waves crashing into each other. Sometimes I think it might be that. Yeah, like the vibrotactile stimulation yeah. of just like I can feel this so deeply. Yeah. yeah the whoa, whoa. That's exactly yeah, what I Yeah, the whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whoa, whoa. <laughs> totally. I know what you mean though, Trisha. I'm with you. Pick it up with your put down. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's that, just that feeling. I have a client who... Oh, dang. If I can find the video, I'll send it to you to link to it. I don't know if I ever posted it. We made a Chrome Music Lab of what it sounds like in his brain. And he's six, too. Like, the coolest six-year-old ever. He's highly featured on our Instagram. If you go on our Instagram and you check out the coolest six-year-old ever, I won't say his name, but he's on there a lot. Um, It was every note, but specific dissonance. Like Mm. it wasn't all the way up and down. If you've ever used Chrome Music Lab, it's color coded like the rainbow, right? So it wasn't red through pink, purple. It was like red, orange, green, green, blue, purple. And like the way he chunked it, it was like, but he was like, yeah, this feels so great. This is exactly how I feel. And I was like, what? Like, cool. Thank you so much. And in my head, I'm saying what? I'm going validate, validate. That's awesome. Thanks for telling me, dude. That's so cool. Well, look at this. And I was like, is that what your brain feels like? He's like, yeah, all the time. I'm like, whoa, okay. And it could be when a lot of the research in autism right now is telling us that it's synaptic over pruning or under pruning. So just that all of these pathways are firing all the time for him. So it feels like that, of that chaos. So the dissonance kind of like matches the internal chaos. I don't know. Those are some of the cool things of music therapy where we're searching for the why and the how, even though we don't know it. I'm like, I can use these theories that I feel pretty grounded in and I know are evidence-based and have some science behind them, but also no clue. Let's let's throw spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks. Right? Yep. If anyone listening has like, <laughs> read any literature, yeah. please send it my way. Yeah, please bring it on. <laughs> it comes up all the time. I'm like, I, I still have no answer, but still nope. question. Yep. No yep. Or like but- I had a, Yeah like B flat Dorian. I was like, mm. that's what you want to play in. Okay, here we, here go. we go. Yep. Well, I stink at this. Like you said too, validate because I find that I'll be, you know, there might be a paraprofessional or a teacher present or a parent. And, you know, I'm saying something, something like that, you know, play what sounds good. Or do you like that? And blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yes, this is, I like this. This is the sound. And the other adult in the room is like, really no that sounds bad yeah no not the point yep (laughs) doesn't matter (laughs) yes yep yep and I think too working we try to operate as much as we can and we're not perfect so I like to say that but from a neuroaffirming lens and Mm -hmm. saying we're following your lead here to try and open that door to get to where we want to go together as stakeholders stakeholders in this journey that I'm seeing more and more parents being like let's go with it. Let's do it. I'm like, yes, great. Let's go with it. Let's do it. Um, as long as it's safe. Yeah. But right. Safety is still always a real thing, but I think it's really cool to see. We just posted a video of one of our new clinicians doing like an improv with the child and they were doing some, I'm going to go back and listen to what intervals they were. Now they were doing some funky stuff, but it was purposeful. You could see them reach and then they'd look at the therapist because the therapist would then change the key and they'd reach for something else. And the therapist would change the key again. And I was like, wow, look at these levels of engagement that you're building through this. Just so cool. Yeah. We have a cool job. I was going to say our job's the coolest. (laughs) Sorry, everybody else. (laughs) It's challenging, but it's it's cool. So you gave some examples of how you're you're overlapping the two, but yeah. in your practice, do you ever offer like just yoga? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We do just yoga classes. Um, we do a very traditional yoga structure. So if you've ever gone to a yoga class, we do seated warm-ups and then we do some sun salutations, standing poses. We use a lot of just visual supports. I have little miniature like hands and feet that we can put on different spots so we can find where our body needs to go for that pose. Um, We make it lots of like animal poses or things that are familiar. Then we do seated poses back again, laying down poses. And we do a Shavasana for our teen group. We usually do a full like 10 minute Shavasana. Yeah. And we do 
guided meditations. Um, this might be a cop out, but I really love the Calm app. Um, if anyone has used that or hasn't, you can get, we got a free subscription as like a educational service since we also work in schools. So it's something you might want to explore if you are able to sign up for that. Um, and they just have the best guided meditations. Like I said, it might be a cop out. I try to like play music underneath it. So I'm still actively doing something, but they create such great structure and great inspiration. If I find a meditation I really like, I'll make a yoga class around that whole topic. Mm. Um, and they have ones for kids, for sleep, for panic, stress. Oh, it's just really great. Yeah. I don't think that's a cop out at all because okay. all, <laughs> it's a resource that like you as a person who is, um, what is the word, uh, cross-trained. And these two things, yeah. like you have fielded this and said like, hey, this is good. Yeah. And it's a resource the rest of us can can tap into. And it, it's making me think of in my undergrad training, we were always like told to stay away from recorded music. Yeah. You know? And this is one of those things like over the course of my professional career, I've been like recorded music is good. Yeah. <laughs> recorded music is like can yep. do so many things that I as a person cannot do on my own. So Yep. I don't think it's a cop out at all. Sweet. I, and I like it. I like it because it also gives them like a different voice. Yes. So they're not just hearing me. Um, but I've been using it. I run an executive function skill group and we've been doing a meditation to start our group every time, some sort of meditation. Sometimes I do active meditations where it's, we're going to move this part of our body to the beat for this long. We're going to do this for this long. We're going to pass this around the circle with the beat, like a heavy weighted ball. It's co-treated with an OT, which is great. So we're getting this like sensory motor music meditation awesomeness. Um, but what we found, I've been working with this group since over the summer, is that they need five whole minutes of really not you saying anything to just like get themselves to get everything out and get themselves organized. And they're old enough and able enough to do that. Mm -hmm. So like we have, we're in like a sensory gym. So they have a lot of things they can climb on. I'm like, as long as you're safe, as long as everyone can hear the meditation, you can do whatever your body needs to do. You can bounce, you can move. And then you'll be darned that by those like five minutes, they're seated, they're chill. At the end of our session on Tuesday, one girl who is, a hoot, but oh, is she feisty. Um, she turned to me, she goes, Miss Alyssa, that was so calming. I fell asleep. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm done. I can retire. I've done my job. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I, very important because you're, what you're saying is like less verbal cues. Less verbal cues are good, which we don't always get reminded of. And then, right, again, we have the music, which provides the structure, or this guided medita meditation, which provides the structure so we don't have to use verbal cues. Right. You've created this relationship where they can do that. Yep. And I needed this reminder because I have a specific kiddo who I can think of where we get to a point in the session every week and he needs a movement break. And like he's doing his thing. He wants me to play with him. We're still engaged together. And sometimes I'm like, okay, how can I take this a step further? What's the next thing? And I'm like, no, 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 this is the thing. This is this the is thing. This is what he needs. Yep. And if this, you know, five, 10 minutes of movement will help him for the rest of his school day, then that's all this needs to be. I don't need to, to um, expand on it in yep. any way. And that's okay. I have that fight all the time with myself Yeah. of like, okay, it's okay. They, they're being... And they're going. And what I find too, with this group in particular, we have a lot of strong personalities. Yes. I'll put it that way. Yes. <laughs> um, so they they love a power. They're also teenagers. Like they're they're twelve and thirteen year olds. I met me at twelve. Um, she was strong. She was something. Um, so they they love a power struggle. And I'm like, me battling here is doing no one any good, myself included. For my own mental health in that group, I was like, this can't just be an hour of fighting. So how can we do that? And I was like, oh, right. I have this really powerful tool called music that has inherent structure and I don't have to say anything. And they just go do. Um, and it's really wonderful to see those subcortical processes of music work, yeah. even on teenagers who are like, this won't work on me. And you're like, ha ha ha. Yes. <laughs> 
it's so I have depending on what school I'm at on which day. Sometimes, you know, I'm walking into the classroom and sometimes I have the space and the students come to me. And I love when I have the space because yes. I can have music playing. I can move the chairs a little bit. I can like, you know, do all those things to to set everything up for success. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, nothing's perfect. But, you know, I so wish for everyone, including myself, that they had a have a space more often than not where you yep. can you can use the skills you know to to make things more effective. Yeah, I think that's what's really hard about in home too. We're shifting away. Yeah. We have a clinic space. We're shifting away a lot from in home. Number one for like therapist burnout. One of my mm-hmm. missions as a business owner is to provide a space where my therapists can love what they do, make money doing it, and maybe do it for how. A long time, forever. I'd like to retain employees. It's like, you know, I guess a personal selfish thing as a business owner. It's a pain to onboard people and teach them your mission. So creating a sustainable work environment is important. And in-home is really hard because you're Mm. always going into their environment. You can't really change anything to set the child up for success. And some families have a space for that and some don't. No judgment on them. That's just the life that you have or the space that you have. We're in a city, we're in the greater Chicago area. So, you know, we're going into potentially apartments that are, are very small and that's awesome that we can come there, but we don't have a space to do anything effective. And then we're just behavior management moder- moderators yeah. versus real clinicians. So we are trying to get more clinic clinic based as much as we can and really making sure we have that space because your environment is so important. We have a room in our clinic that is basically empty. It has one big cushy chair and a very high shelf where we keep things so that kids can roam and explore and touch and be. And I'm not saying, no, don't stop. They can just do what they need to do. They can climb on the big comfy chair and we can get them where they need to be. But that environment is critical and everyone fights over that room. I'm like, okay, so I needed to have built four of those rooms. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Next space, right? But that—that's like the learning, the mm-hmm. learning portion. So, yeah. okay. So you, you're doing an awesome job just making these transitions for me. So, I'm oh, there you go. Thank <laughs> right. you. Awesome. You're welcome. Yes. Okay. So, business. You you started your business around when you got your yoga teacher training certification. Yep. So, was that like? From, from the timing, if I'm understanding correctly, it wasn't fresh out of school. So nope. like, how, was it like, oh, I'm going to get this this um, certification and I want to tie it in and in order to do that, I have to start my own thing? Or was it kind of all just happening? What was it was like? kind of all happening. When I decided I wanted to go private practice, I knew I wanted yoga to be a mm-hmm. part of it. Um, I think I wanted to provide multiple things in our space for that. I'd still love to provide all sorts of things. I'd love to be a one-stop pediatric therapy shop of like mm. OT, SLP, PT, everybody. Kind Sounds of like at least. Track. Yeah, that's my goal. <laughs> we're working on it. Yeah, we do. The place we co-treat with, we're hoping to maybe, you know, buy a space next to each other so mm. that we could kind of do more stuff together. So we can still operate independently because we're very different, right, things. But anyway, when I started it, I knew I wanted to do yoga. I knew that was important. Um, we definitely have, it's faded away a bit. I COVID, you know, it's just, yeah, it's one of those things that we just haven't been able to get back up and running as much groups have been really, really hard. And rightfully so people are afraid to send their kids to groups when they can't safely do so. So, um, I'm hoping we can get some yoga stuff back up. We only have two or three things, whereas we had like 10 before. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, between contracts. But I knew I wanted to do yoga from the start. So that was a simultaneous thing. The first things I offered were groups, individual therapy sessions, and then yoga classes as well. So cool. And Mm -hmm. now, so you obviously you got the big dreams and all the the dreams. It's within reach. Uh, (laughs) But like you're right now even making big moves, which you were telling me about. And I was like, oh, we need to tell the listeners. So <laughs> you could tell them. Yes. No, you please. Oh, cool. I'll tell, tell them. You. Yeah. No. Yes. As much as I have these big dreams, I'm absolutely trying to appreciate the right now. Um, because I think, you know, if you told me six years ago when I started my business or right almost six years ago, 
that this would be where I am right now, I would have been like, no way. Um, so I'm trying to say, yes, yes, this is great. And, and maybe in the future, there'll be more awesome things too. So we just bought surprise listeners. If you follow us on Instagram, we just acquired, purchased another music therapy company. Yes. Very exciting. Um, so we now are a team of four full-time board certified music therapists and two contract music therapists and quickly expanding. I am certain we will have more people next year, which is great and crazy. Um, we have our clinic space where we do sessions in, and then we do some in home and then we contract in 35 different schools across 10 different districts, which is insane. Oh, and now 11, we just added one. So 36 different schools. Congratulations. (laughs) It's crazy chaos. Yes. What a whirlwind. (laughs) Whirlwind. Part of the reason I wanted to talk to you about this is because I am a subcontracted music therapist. Gotcha. And within the past couple of years, I went through this as a therapist where one of the people I contract through was selling things off. Okay. And like information was kind of trickling out and some people knew more than others. And then one day I just got a voicemail that was like, you will now bill client A, B, C, and D through this other company yeah. who I knew and like also did stuff for. So it was an easy transition, but I sure. was kind of like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, so is this happening? And it's just not something we really talk about or what has your experience been? Sure. Like? Yeah. I mean, I do think it's happening. We'll talk off air about that too. Cause I have oh, okay. some follow up questions but off on the side. Um, sorry, listeners, private, private <laughs> questions I have to ask. Um, so I think we went into it really trying to be transparent as much as possible with one another. Um, I mean, legal things get tricky, mm-hmm. but cause there's just only so many things people can say to one another. Uh, but we were really transparent. I'm pretty sure she was very transparent with her team about here's the plan. Here's what's happening. Uh, so they all knew, um, I think it is happening and we don't talk about it as much. I think one of the reasons I think it's happening now and in the last couple of years, because people have made these businesses. I think it's private practice. So 10 years ago when, you know, I was finishing up school and getting out into the world, private practice was a thing some people did. Now it feels like it's a thing like everybody does. Yeah. And so I feel like 10, 15 years of practices built up. A lot of people are saying, okay, I love this, but I'm ready to move on to something else. So I think we might just be in that period of, I'm doing this thing. I'm a professor now, or, you know, I just want to keep a couple contracts, sell us off, take a chunk and really spend time on me. I also think COVID shifted Mm -hmm. a lot of people's priorities of, here's what I really want to be doing. And they've kind of drilled down on their message for the person whose company we acquired. They really wanted to shift more to the neuro rehab side of music therapy, which their company was much more school-based. So yeah. they're like, it's easier for me to just rebrand, redo, keep these two contracts that are this. I just want to be me, you know, like I'm getting to the point in my life where I want to focus on this work. Um, so I think a lot of people are just hitting that that time period, that itch to do something else. And there's so many companies that have been around. I know we have like 10 just in the area of private practices. It is competitive, but great. And we all cooperate with each other, which is nice, but it's, it is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I like that take on it that, Hey, it's kind of like the turning of hands. It's kind of like a generational feel, but I also love what you said about like a lot of these owners are just refining what they're doing because you know things probably have exploded over the past 10 years and now they can take a step back and be like what do I really want to do and they're very fortunate that there there is yeah. an opportunity to kind of change hands um which absolutely because awesome, I was thinking you know I was like okay so are, are people retiring like, like yeah what is, yeah what is really causing this shift yeah um, so yeah that's that's really interesting to think about yeah And I think too, yeah, I think the refining piece is important because I think a lot of people say yes to all the things when they're first becoming a therapist Mm -hmm. because it's what you have to do totally. I felt like I was making the wrong decision then, but I'm so glad I didn't now to niche down into so hard into like autism communication disorders, neurodiverse diagnoses Mm -hmm. um, because we were really limiting what we were doing. But now it's like, yep, 
we're doing exactly what we want to do. We attract the people who also want to do this and we love it. So I'm glad we niched down. Um, But when I started my business, because I'm a crazy person, um, I was working full time as a music therapist at a school doing the business on nights and weekends. And that's why I was able to do it. I didn't take a paycheck from my company for at least two years um, and just put everything into the business to really build exactly what I wanted. Um, So, I mean, if you're listening and you have the emotional, physical, financial bandwidth to do that, I I recommend it because you may end up with something you wanted more. Um, But priorities also shift. This person had been running this company for 12 years and was like, I loved this 12 years ago. Now I love this. Mm. Um, Like I loved three and four-year-olds when I first started. I still do. But now I love executive function skills, 12 and 13 year olds. Like what? (laughs) What? Exactly. I'm like, oh, hello over here. Um, So it's cool that we do it all within that kind of like childhood span. But yeah, I think a lot of people are getting clear on their niche too of here's what I want to do. And it's not for the faint of heart being a business owner. Like it's a lot of work and it's not necessarily this huge more financial gain of like, I could ditch the whole thing and just be a contractor and just work like probably like 10 groups a week and I'd still be generating the same revenue. I get how some people are like, okay, I'm, I'm okay to let this go. Yeah. 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 Well, and thank you for being like so candid. Oh, with, sure. You know, like, Hey, it took me two years and oh yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, and also on your note on attracting the right people. So again, as a subcontractor for a long time, just taking whatever was thrown at me and like, that's a lot of hard mental shifting to do during the day. Talk about burnout. Like I was going from this mental health setting to this early childhood setting to this in-home setting to, you know, adults, to kids, to teenagers, to every day was different. And I still experienced some of that. But sure. It, right. So that, yeah. that takes a lot out too. Yeah. Um, so to be able to say, Hey, this is what we do. If you want to come be with us, this is what you're going to be doing. And like, right. And if that's not your jam, that's totally cool. No big deal. Like do what you got to do. I think therapists in general, I hate to put box just music therapists in because we co-treat with OTs and SLPs. And I, you know, all my friends essentially are therapists and teachers. No one's making big, big bucks. Mm -hmm. So if you don't really, it's not that I want to make no money in it because I love it so much. I want both things to be true, but when you're not making six figures and you know this this financial amount that you really probably could be making in corporate America where you're going to be miserable but you're going to be making lots of money. Mm-hmm. If you're miserable and making no money, you're like, "Well, I'm going to go do that." So I at least want people to be like, "I'm making enough money to live or I'm making money, more money than I need to live by at least a little bit and I love the heck out of everything I'm doing and I'm pretty mm-hmm. psyched to go to work most days." Not every day is perfect. I'm sure, you know, there's some days my employees will be like, Alyssa is psycho, like, oh my gosh. Um, but I we want to love it because it's exhausting. And if you don't, and if you don't love it, I'm gonna put this out here for music therapists. If you don't love it, leave it. Yeah. Like you're not gonna magically love it. I see so many therapists applying for jobs that have been at one place for a year or two, then another place, then another place. And they've kind of done everything. And I'm, and they're like, I'm just not sure what I want to do. I'm like, it may not be this, like, this may not be it. And I know you got the degree in it. You spent all that money and that's like, there's other things you can do because this is what it, this is what it is. I don't know how else to put it. Right. 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 And it, that doesn't change unless you're an administrator. And then I'm going to be honest as the administrator, it's a whole other grind that you also might not like. (laughs) So Yeah. I give you permission if you're listening and you're saying, I don't know if I want this, that's okay. Explore that, sit with it a little more and, and trust that maybe you need to leave it behind and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if you do love it, find a place that makes you love it more. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's that balancing act of like, wake up and love it. Know it's a grind in a healthy way. You know, not every day is going to be what you read in the articles about these amazing things that happen and the stories we tell each other. And like, you know, not every day is that awesome moment, but those things do happen and right. soak them up. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Soak them up. Yes. And I think too, our families have gotten really good about um, catching us doing good. Like we try to do yeah. for kids in schools. I think they really, one of my parents, every time she leaves, and I don't think if you're listening to this, it's you. Um, she always says, I appreciate you when yeah. she leaves. And I'm just like, thank you. That means so like just even that simple, like I acknowledge that this is really important. Um, I think that was the best part of telehealth for us is that we got to work with the parents so much. They really got to see what we do. We got to build such a strong connection of, I love that you do this and here's why. And this is amazing for this child because, um, so no, not every day is like magical rainbow sunshine, but soak up every little appreciation that you can. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and Hey, tell people about it if you can with, within confidence. Yeah. 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 And I think it's nice to really also remind your families that that is so important for you. Cause that's Mm -hmm. what I do. I'm like, thank you. I really need to hear that. And think, you know, that's really important to me. And then I feel like they do it more. Not that I need my ego stroked all the time, but they remember that this is important. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. Cause we're in a giving profession. Right. And so that's, we could, we could spin this back to that's part of why we don't feel like we should make money, but also we're in a giving profession emotionally and energetically. And sometimes you just need that. Like you need, you need to feel supportive too. Those of us who are driving around, going to a bunch of different locations, don't have a nuclear team. Like we need it even more. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think that is a a big source of burnout for therapists too, is that they don't have a home base Mm -hmm. and they don't have that connection that even when my team has a hard day, they can come to me and say like, this really sucked. And like, I need help. Or like we just had a teacher who wasn't, wasn't pleased with how a session went, which happens. We've all Mm -hmm. been there and they came to me and that I could deliver that blow a little more softly to the employee and say, how could we do better? Or like, I owned this and, you know, thanks for doing this. So I think that team environment can be so critical. Props to you for doing it solo. It is hard. It is really hard. We all need a sounding board. Yeah. I was a one woman show for a long time and yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially working with non-speaking individuals. You're like, I just talk to myself all day. Hey, hey, hey. Musically. I do it melodically. Yep. Yep. But I come home to my husband and he's like, please stop talking to me. I need a minute. Yes. <laughs> and I'm right. like, sorry, I talk to no one all day, every day. Yes. I can yep. totally relate to that. Mm-hmm. The struggle. So yeah. do you have anything else you want to touch on before we do the rapid fire? Oh, rapid fire. Um, no, rapid fire me. I'm sure something else will come up. I have one more thing to plug, but we can plug it later. Oh, you can plug it now. Well, the I'll... last question is where can they find you and connect with you? But like, sure. hey, plug what you want. Yeah. I know you have your community. That's you Yeah, are... that's what I was going to say. Go if, if this conversation is interesting to you or you feel like you need support in some of the areas I've talked about, we do have a community through Dynamic Links, the Dynamic Community. It is a monthly subscription for neurodivergent session plan ideas. I should say for individuals with neurodivergent diagnoses, ideas, and session plans for them. Um, So we release five new activities and resources every month, but it's also an hour of group supervision. So if you are flying solo, this was the transition that was in my brain. If you're flying solo and you need that connection, we have that community for you. If you're serving this population, um, I think we come up with some pretty cool ideas that maybe not everybody else does. I think our members might tout that and say, yes, that's true. Uh, But it's also just a space to connect and encourage one another and we get to meet every month and and talk about those things so if you're flying solo you need a team it's only 20 bucks a month you get this supervision time which i think therapists forget to invest in themselves Mm. and that's so important to have connections and resources at your fingertips um so that you have an arsenal to pull from for yourself your mental health and then your therapeutic wealth (laughs) yeah. <laughs> oh, so important. Uh, I'm also going to date this recording because oh, great. today's uh, exercise, oh no, I guess it was yesterday's exercise for the self-care challenge I'm running is invest in yourself. Invest. Uh, yes. So like it matters. It matters. It matters. Yes. Yeah, just like you would yourself. sign up to go to a yoga class every week or right. sign up to get a massage once a month or whatever. Like this matters. Uh, it matters. And personally. Yep. And I'm in other communities. I run one and I'm in other ones because yes. that's how much it matters. Um, and I don't even do that much clinical work anymore compared to the past. So I'm sure I still do 
way too much than I need to, but story of my life, team too much. But yes, join us. If you have questions at the end, you'll find out where to find me. Email me. I'm happy to show you what it looks like. And if you hate it, you can leave anytime and that's totally fine. But I don't think you will. I don't think they will. <laughs> I'll have that linked as well. Oh, sweet. Cool. All right. So the first rapid fire question. Okay. Coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. I'm kind of surprised, honestly. Okay. I, cause it's the therapist thing. So what's hilarious. Oh, I don't know if I can say it yet. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. And I hope they won't be mad at me that I said it. We're making, I'm making a podcast. <gasps> yes. I'm starting a podcast called coffee and therapy. Where we spill the tea on therapy-related topics with other therapists. So it's like a roundtable discussion. So it's funny. And we're all coffee. (laughs) No tea. Yes. Interesting. (laughs) Yes. It's not coming till March 2022. So you've got a little while. But um, the Instagram handle is live if you want to be the first to know. Mm -hmm. At Coffee and Therapy. We have no posts, no followers yet. This just happened. (laughs) I love that, though. I love bringing people into the podcast fam podcast world yes yes, this this media outlet has so much potential that we're like we're just tapping into yep yep i love that yeah so coffee and there you go you gotta you got the sneak exclusive trisha thank no one in the whole world knows you're the only one (laughs) well hopefully the other people in the round table the other people at the round table know yes they're on board (laughs) oh good okay yes all right next one early bird or night owl Oh, night owl. And if you follow me on Instagram, you will know that's true because I am usually posting up until like 1 a.m. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Something you would tell your younger self. <sighs> so the first thing that popped into my head was like, don't do it. But I'm like, what? what's the don't do it? Um, I think like, don't worry about it is more... It is. It is a moment in time. Water off a duck's back. These things will pass. Just don't don't let it stress you out so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Still for now too. <laughs> uh, your music therapy elevator speech. Okay. So my favorite go to is we look at how disorders, disease, and trauma affect the brain. How music affects the brain. And how we can rebuild, repair, and develop neural pathways in the brain through active music experiences. I have not heard that formula before, but I love it. There you go. I love it. That's my speech. I mean, steal it if you will. It's fine. (laughs) Well, part of the reason I love asking that question is because everyone's take is different. Yes. Um, And just like everything else we've talked about, all the reasons are valid. Yes. So I love hearing them. Yep. Yep. And I'm definitely a brain nerd. So I'm like, it has to go to the brain. Um, But there's so many things of therapy. But I feel like sometimes when you tie it to the brain and neuroscience, people just go, oh, that sounds valid and real. And then you can be like, and here's the other stuff I do that might be a little woo woo. And that's okay. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I also do yoga. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. It's a little, it's okay. I'm a little crunchy granola. It's fine. Some people think I'm this like radical hippie. And my parents were like, are you kidding? And I'm like, yeah, I'm somewhere. Radical neuro hippie. Yeah, exactly. I'm a radical neuro hippie. Oh, dang. That should have been my Instagram handle. <laughs> radical neuro hippie. There you go. Feel free to yeah. use it. Redo. Your favorite self-care practice. Uh, right now it is uh, singing in my acapella group. Uh, it's for me, community. I, and I talked about this before. Connection is my mm. self-care Um while alone time is great for me and, and valid, I that community connection. So singing with others, dang, I missed it so much. I'm just so, so happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's cool to see all those those things we know are happening when we do it in group and to feel them ourselves. As well. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's currently adding value to your life. Hmm reading for fun has been just really nice. I'm really into a young adult fiction, like YA teen novels. So if you have any recommendations, feel free to bring them on. I yes, do. you do. I just picked up three books from the library today. Okay. So uh, oh. it was, 
what's yours, Trisha? Let's see. No, 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 you tell me first. You tell me first. (laughs) I recently started rereading some of my favorite books from when I was a teenager. Okay. The characters are familiar, but I don't remember Mm -hmm. the storyline. So uh, Cassandra Clare. Okay. She has like um, City of Bones was the original or uh, what was it? Okay. Anyway, it's a series. And then she wrote a prequel series and then she wrote like another follow-up series. So there's like... There's probably like 20 books in total. But anyway, um, I've been rereading those and it's been really nice. Sweet. Yes. I re- I just picked up The Red Queen. Oh, I've heard good things about that. Inheritance Games. And, oh, Shadow and Bone, which is Leah oh. Bardugo. I read those this year. Yes. Oh, so she has, for any of you book people out there, I was never a book person. And then uh, COVID. COVID just made us do all sorts of weird things, didn't it? So Leah Bardugo released at the start of this year, very recently, we went to uh, Seattle and Portland over the Independence Day weekend, and we went to Powell Books, which is like, yes, right, crazy bookstore. So this was one of the recommended, I had no idea it just came out, but she wrote an adult fiction called The Ninth House. If you are into, it is dark and twisty. I do want to say content warning. It's dark. It's not... um, not appropriate for kids for sure, but not because of anything like that you might be thinking. It's more just like dark um, and brain dark, but it's like, it's set at Yale university. So it's this intellectual wizardry, true crime. I'm like, what? Everything I love. So highly recommend the ninth house, Leah Bardugo. So bringing joy. So I I got shadow and bone, which is also a series on Netflix. Y'all, if you don't want to read it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. actually watched it on Netflix and then that okay. got me onto the fiction kick. I haven't that. watched it yet. So I'm uh, waiting. I want to read it first. It's totally different. Okay. Uh, so I'll say that. And what I, what my understanding is, it, so she wrote the Shadow and Bone trilogy, right? And then she wrote a couple spinoffs. Yes. And yeah, I yeah. guess that the the Netflix series is putting them all together. Oh, uh, okay. my understanding. Okay. Okay. So. Cool. Then I don't think that gave anything away. You get the best of both worlds. No, I don't think that spoiled anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Can you tell it's late? My yeah, you know, no one needs to know. No one needs to. Know. It's really late for you because you're on Eastern time. So, That's thanks, okay. Trisha. Thank you. Hey, yeah. you made the time to talk with me. Um, yeah, I got gotcha. you. All right, let's get through these so I can yes, let you have for sure. time yeah. and answer your questions. Yeah. Um, okay. Your favorite intervention or song to use in a session. Uh, so the song we probably use the most, I think my entire team does, it's from the coping tools workbook I mentioned earlier. Um, it's called can't control. And I think we all could use the melody again. This is available on, on Spotify for free. So you can always stream it. Uh, it goes, there's just some things you can't control. Just some things you can't control. You gotta learn to let it go. You gotta learn to let it go. And it's this like call and response. Use it all the time um, for all ages of things uh, we can and can't control. You rewrite it and say like something, 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 something. Can't control that. So like things that happen that are out out of our scope of control. Uh, So we use it all the time. (laughs) Ava was just using it today with a six-year-old. I was using it yesterday with a 19-year-old. So everybody all the time. It's been playing in my head for the past year and a half. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Just on repeat. Yes. Yes. Oh, love that. Love that. That will obviously be linked with everything. There you go. Yes. Yeah. If y'all need it, I'll send you, yeah, the Spotify link too for the album if people are like not prepared to purchase it yet, but I think yeah. music might sell you. I think. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll make a discount code just for Music Ooh. Therapy Chronicles listeners. Ooh. Yeah. I can do that just for y'all because you're so good. Yes, and another exclusive. Trish is just in on it today. I am. I have all the connections. All the connections. All right. So last one, where can the listeners find you and connect with you? Yeah. uh, Find me over on Instagram. That's the best place uh, for my business page at Dynamic Links. Links with a Y, L-Y-N-K-S. We post every day tons of resources for you. Uh, Also, there is links to our Dynamic Community Um, If that's financially not accessible to you, we do understand. We have a free resource library as well at dynamiclinks.com slash resources, which is updated every month with tons of things. So we really try to be a vessel for our community. 
And then personally, you can find me at alyssastone.co on Instagram. That is my myself page uh, where I drop kind of like little nuggets each week. I try to make really fun reels. Uh, so if you're trying to explain music therapy to people, follow me over there. Uh, yeah. And I do uh, supervision for music therapists and business coaching. So if you're feeling like you need some one-to-one support and all that good stuff, find me at alyssastone.co. I'm happy to connect with you. We have different pricing packages for students and young professionals as well. If you're really just trying to get your foot in the door in this whole world. I love helping people help themselves. Invest in yourself. Yes. Yes. And you you do put out tons of awesome, helpful content. So if you're not following both of those accounts yeah. online, do that. And also yeah. check out the websites. It'll all be linked. Easy for you to find. Sweet. Cool. Thank yeah. you uh, so much for making the time to talk with me in of your course. busy schedule and for opening up with the listeners and all the good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I hopefully will do it again. Clearly, we've got lots to say. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you got a lot out of this conversation, whether you were looking for some business talk, some yoga talk, some music therapy conversations, some lighthearted um, fun back and forth. Anyway, uh, Alyssa is really such a light in the music therapy world. Please follow her if you don't already. She posts tons of candid, informational uh, helpful, supportive content. She's a wonderful human being. It was so, so nice to be able to connect with her in this way. And I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation. If you did, please consider taking a moment to leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Also, please take some time to find us on social media. If you haven't already, get on our newsletter at uh, musictherapychronicles.com. And if you or someone you know is interested in being on the show, please let me know by sending an email to hello at musictherapychronicles.com. Our quote today is from Helen Keller and says, be happy with what you have while working for what you want. <laughs>